What up, Tate Schoolers? Welcome to another great episode of Tate School of Fitness, Fitness Corner Podcast. And on today's episode, we have a very special guest, Mr. Philip Karaya. Um, he is a business finance consult- consultant, Willard, <laughs> excuse me, real estate developer, uh, travel hacker, and a motivational teacher and speaker. Um, and very met this young man at a event and was instantly impressed. Uh, with, uh, as soon as he told me what he actually, what he does, it was so much. And I was just like, wow, I was very fascinated to learn more. So I invited him out today to sit down and speak with us. Welcome to the show, sir. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Any day breathing is a good day. That's good. That's good. So I, I don't even know where to start. You have a lot going on. Uh, <laughs> where, where do you want to start? Where should we start? Yes, yes. And where did you get your MBA from? Uh, Georgia State. So I did Georgia State for undergrad, grad school, then I actually taught there as a professor uh, while I was finishing my master's. Oh, nice, nice. And originally, where are you from? I'm from here. My family's from Kenya. They immigrated here 30-something years ago, uh, but they've been here, I think, 30, going on 32 years, 32 or 33 years. But yeah, so born and raised in Atlanta, well, Everyone says Atlanta when you're talking about the world, but <laughs> initially Conyers and then DeKalb um, mm-hmm. and then really going to Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, that's definitely cool. So what made you get into nonprofit? What made you get into business? Uh, I had always kind of had a knack for business. And when it comes to nonprofit stuff, so as a family of immigrants and both of my parents having a bunch of siblings, majority of the time in a lot of those cases whoever quote-unquote like makes it takes care of the rest of the family and mm-hmm. takes care of like the community like one big thing like in many african communities is like their looks on community and community help and service work so it was normalized i thought everyone would get up like on saturday mornings to you know go and feed the homeless or go and like pack clothes and like send it overseas etc it was very normalized so it was always something that i enjoyed doing uh business-wise a lot of African parents are also quite cheap, so <laughs> <laughs> unless it's school-related, uh, the money's being allocated to other stuff. And so as soon as I used to get, like, an allowance of, like, maybe, like, five bucks uh, when I was in elementary school, uh, so what I would do, I'd go to the store when they'd go do, like, grocery shopping, and I'd get candy. So I started with, like, airheads, and so I would do the airheads for, like, uh, <laughs> one for 25 cents or, like, five for a dollar. And then did it, flipped it, like kept doing that. Then eventually I got into like flipping sneakers and like video games and a bunch of other stuff. So entrepreneurial stuff I've been doing since I was a child. I just actually didn't even see myself going into like a lot of the business stuff I was doing now. I was actually planning on going to medical school and spent some years working in healthcare, spent some years, um, spent some time working in Europe and working in hospitals. I lived in Dominican Republic, worked in some nonprofits and hospitals down there. Uh, But you have to go through a lot of those things and get that trial to be like, is this actually what I want to do? And through doing that and watching some surgeries go wrong really close to my face, I realized it wasn't how I wanted to spend my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. That um, <clears throat> Very ambitious uh, to actually start off to see, well, you know, as a child, hey, I can make a profit here to uh, help put more allowance money in my pocket. Um, and being fourth, uh, just very ahead of the curve than most children who would just get candy and just want to eat it. So that's right there alone. Some people, they say, are just born with it. And you seem like you were just born with it. Um, <laughs> and to, and it's funny because I had the same, same kind of uh, medical school was on my mind as well. Actually shadowed a cardiologist and saw how much he worked. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. That's just, yeah, that was, that was just too much for me. I was like, that's okay. Let's find something else to do. 
Because, uh, yeah, a lot of people don't realize. Well, it depends on what specialty that you choose. But, um, yeah, they work a lot. They work a lot. They do. Yeah, they work a lot. Some of the doctors I worked with literally had not slept in two days, and they were just doing surgeries back to back to back to back, which they shouldn't be able to do. But sometimes that's literally just the positions folks are in. They're only the ones that have the expertise and the know-how to do so. But, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Same as, like, entrepreneurship, but it's a a little bit different. Uh, We... I think a lot of us in the entrepreneurial space work like crazy, but uh, it's a, it's just a tad bit different than people being at life or death moments and being like, if you're not there, you know, that really could be like the end of someone's life. Exactly. Absolutely. So, and, and now since you are in, uh, uh, I also saw something on your, on your bio that I thought was very fascinating about you being part of the U.S. Africa uh, chamber of commerce. Uh, how did that happen? Uh, and it's really funny, like how that kind of like came around full circle. So while I was in undergrad, I was actually president of model African union, which is, um, essentially like model UN, but for African nations, we'd go to DC for conferences in February, uh, meet different people like the embassies and we would argue about world issues and stuff similar to like actual forum. Um, Fast forward like five years later, another good friend of mine and business partner, um, now business partner, we met at an event and he was like, you know what? He's like, I know something like we're going to do together. And he's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, I'm gonna let you know, we're going to do something international together. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, you know, I'm not thinking nothing of it. So fast forward, maybe like three or four months later. Um, so the main U.S. Africa Chamber of Commerce is in L.A., uh, but they were looking to start branching out and do chapters in different places. Um, so my partner, Bilal, was like, I have too much. He, he does a bunch of stuff also, like just a ridiculous amount of things. He's like, I have too much stuff going on. But he's like, I'd like to give you the spot to be the president of the chapter here if you're up for it. And so they literally got handed to me um, one way or another. And so, yeah, so we ended up having our first launch event uh, towards the end of last year, which was really great. We had someone from the consul in Kenya, another real estate developer out there, an angel investor from California, myself, and then another, um, and then Bilal moderating a discussion. We had a lot of people from Atlanta come, people in venture capitalist space, wealth management, um, people that had international business, people that did a lot of stuff in real estate, um, and just figuring out what's the best way to help people start investing more money over there um, and give them helpful tools and different infrastructure pieces to get it all done and connections. That's nice. Um... And how, what was it really challenging to actually have your event at the end of last year? I know with everything going on in the world, did it pose any challenges to get everybody together? Uh, it, it wasn't really too much of a challenge. We definitely capped off on how many people we could have in person just so we can have like a certain amount of space. We actually had another event that we were planning on doing at the beginning of this year, but I'm really leaning on 95% chance of like, we're not going to do it because it would be too many people in person. Cause that was going to be a much bigger event and, with uh, the new variant, uh, this is just not, not a good look. We don't want anyone to come and get sick. Yeah, that's very true. Um, and what, doing that, it, I have some of the questions about, because again, like I say, you do you, so many different areas and spaces that you actually are involved with, but what has been one of the most fulfilling things with working with the commerce, with the Chamber of Commerce? Uh, well, the chamber is a, it's a relatively new thing because this is just like the last six months, but I think it's just more so the foresight of seeing what's really like possible over like the grand scheme of stuff. So for me, like the end goal is just to help build infrastructure like in Africa. And I think that's way cooler than saying I made a bunch of money, but really being like you helped to create infrastructure and, you know, the, the place that my family immigrated from to like come here and try to have an opportunity to create a life. So to me, that's a, that's definitely it. Absolutely. That's, I want to move next to your um, your business and finance consulting um, business. So, uh, what what does that look like? What do you what do you offer there? So, helping people incorporate companies, um, doing strategy stuff, analyzing their finances, assisting with them getting funding for different stuff, uh, personal budgeting or like business budgeting, which would be the same thing. Personal credit, business credit. So basically. Pretty much everything finance, <laughs> mm-hmm. everything finance, anything people need help with, but really getting an understanding of where they are and helping them get the different tools to get wherever they're trying to go. So, and I, in 2020 changed the outlook for 
all of us, I think somehow, some way, did business pick up for you because more people started actually becoming their own, their own boss? Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say so because even like a lot of like the clientele that I have is primarily like companies like five million or less. Even if they're people that are like now starting to like get into business, I've done majority of my business off word of mouth. And so all those people, and I, and I think it's very interesting that the aspect of like being your own boss and how entrepreneurship is now a very like hot subject and no one wants to work for anyone, but like they really don't get the, uh, the amount it really takes to live that life and the amount of responsibilities that you have to have to like produce things. So like even it's, it's a difference between being a business owner and being self-employed and most people are just self-employed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So starting businesses is like a beautiful thing. Uh, but once you have people on payroll and you realize like, I need to make sure stuff is done because I'm paying for this person who's also paying to like feed their kids. It's a whole nother, like it's a different level of responsibility that sometimes it is easier. And also the fact that people think all the money is there when it's like you can make money in so many different spaces or even like in the tech space, you get into the right company and you get RSUs, restricted stock or options. Like there's a lot of people that become millionaires as soon as their company IPOs and they were making 70K a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, Yeah, I think it's so many different avenues of um, where stuff is, but business has been good. Um, it's been great. It just continues like, picking up here and there, I'm actually finding different ways to kind of like scale myself out of doing a lot of the stuff that I probably did in the beginning. Like I'd sit back, sit down with a lot lot more people to like go through maybe what I would deem as some rudimentary things. But then I started like creating like courses and different stuff. So it's like, if someone's like, I need to incorporate a company, but I don't know how to do it. All right, cool. Here's a recording where I go step-by-step on how to do it rather than me like freeing up my time because it's the same thing I'm going to say, whether I'm in front of you, whether it's a recorded version of me saying it. Yeah, very true. And I think that that also picked up tremendously uh, individuals offering courses. Um, And I was just having a conversation with somebody the other day about the course uh, phenomenon that's coming out everywhere about the quality. Uh, Unfortunately, um, I always, always say, you know, with me being in the space of health and fitness, I always say you have to make sure that the person that you're working with can show you receipts. They can actually show you what they have done and not just talk about it. Because you get some individuals who can just talk their way into anything and out of anything. But that doesn't mean yep. that they had a quality behind it. So uh, I think that the courses is very valuable and very important and needed. But it's just, again, also about the quality. And just because the course costs a couple of thousand dollars don't mean that it's good. Because you can get a course that's 15 bucks. Agreed. And um, blow that thousand plus one out of the water. But um, I think that's very smart and a very, uh, very useful way of your time, of freeing up your time um, to offer courses. I just think, yeah, because. I, I agree. Yeah, I was going to say, I agree. I just think the market's really oversaturated with stuff. And actually, funny enough, I don't believe in creating courses anymore. I'm never going to create another course. Well, as of right now, maybe I won't say never, but I don't plan on. So the last course that I was working on was called A Life of Finances. And I was literally putting together like everything that you would need to know to like start a business, get funding for a business, or if you're personal, like manage your personal finances. If you want to go to school, how to go to school and get school for free, scholarships, like all that stuff and put, you know, how to buy homes, like how to finance cars, like everything that I've learned, like in like a culmination of a course. And then I really thought about it and was like, it's not that we have the information. The information is always out there. It's scattered sometimes and sometimes I have to dig and like weed through whatever might be BS. But really like the thing that will be powerful is like having access and an ability to like talk through things rather than actually just talk to like, you can't talk to a book or like the same way like we're having this interaction now. So instead I launched an online community where it's like you have access to all my old courses in case it's like simple stuff. But then once you've gotten past that and you have real questions of like, how do I do this? Or like, how do I do that? You can literally just ask me directly and I'll actually help you walk through it. Cause sometimes, you know, people need, you know, the hand up, like not the hand out. And so I, I think I completely agree with you. I think courses are oversaturating the market and now there's a lot of analysis paralysis and people think um, knowledge is power, but knowledge without application is quite useless. So very true. Like, <laughs> I mean, how many people know they need to work out or eat better, but they still don't do it. So saying that you know something literally means nothing in the process of it. 
Exactly. Uh, my, my favorite is always, um, and it happens, especially this time of year, I get hired, I come on, we working out, they don't see results, and they blame me. I can't make you eat like you're supposed yeah. to. I can't make you get the uh, the the appropriate amount of rest that you actually need to see changes in your body. Um, hydration. All of it. You have to take some responsibility. And I think... That's why, again, some courses that I do come across, I feel like they are a money graph because they don't, you know, <laughs> you can, oh, how to get into real estate. You can get in real estate. It's so many ways to get in real estate. It's so much. It's so many ways you can make money in real estate. So just to have something to say how to get in real estate, I can put that together and I'm not even a, I'm not even a real estate guru myself, but I can tell you how to get into it. You know, yeah. so it's. It's, it's, it's amazing to me, um, um, really, unfortunately, how individuals are taking advantage of people at this time because people don't want to work for other other individuals. They just don't want to do it, you know? Uh, but I think it's so funny that it's like they don't want to work for people. Like when you have a business, you work for your clients. Exactly. So you're, always, you're always working for somebody, literally. And it's like it's that feeling of... There isn't necessarily freedom, but it's responsibility on on both ends. But you're always going to be responsible to someone. And to your clients, it's an even heavier thing than, like, there's a company that gets blamed when stuff goes wrong. Or if you really make mistakes in the wrong field, you're the one that has negatively impacted someone and, like, their family and not realizing, like, that is a real thing. It's not just a service you go and offer. Like, you really impact people's lives in general and their family trees because of it. Absolutely. And I think once individuals, because you said something very important. You said it's a difference between starting a company and being self-employed. And a lot of individuals don't know that difference. Um, They think it's the same. And it is not. Um, It takes a lot. It takes a lot to do both. Don't get don't get it. Don't get it twisted. But um, when you actually have payroll. It's a different ballgame, you know. It's not just your life. Um, right. You're impacting others' lives. Um, so it's really, really a difference. And if you're not, I always tell people, if you're not a good employee, it's no way you're going to be a good boss. It's just, it's not going to work. It's not going to work because what you do on a daily basis carry over. I don't care. I don't care how passionate you are about something. If you feel like I've supposed to be doing this my entire life, if right. you do not, you have to create positive habits. You have to carry yourself as such, even when you're not there yet. That is powerful. Words and thoughts are things are powerful. So I think individuals kind of lose that because they think, oh, well, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to work for this company anymore. I'm just going to do my own thing. Uh, yeah, but you was always late. You never knew what was going on. <laughs> it's like... You was at work, but wasn't really at work. So what did you expect? Your company is going to do the same thing. So, um, you know, just I think it's things that people should um, think about before they want to jump out and become an entrepreneur because it's sexy now. Like you said earlier, very sexy. You know, to have it. Yeah. Yeah. To have it in your bio on your social media accounts. Entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. Like, Like it's. It's hilarious to me. Like everybody's, everyone is an entrepreneur all of a sudden. But um, you know, and, and I've been, I've been doing this thing for quite some time, and I still don't know everything. I tell you all the time, I'm learning every day. It's things that for is paperwork and things that I'm just getting together because I didn't have to deal with it because it never came up. But now I'm like, I need to really get everything. T- I need to tighten things up. You know, so. And I'm learning how to tighten things up without spending three thousand dollars on courses, but um, <laughs> but I'm in the process of learning, and it takes time. And individuals who don't know about this life, um, they don't understand. You have to be very patient. You got to be very resilient. Um, you have to really put in the work. You work harder as an entrepreneur than you would on a nine to five, and people do not realize that. Like, and you're not guaranteed to get paid either. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. At least you know with that job every two weeks, if it was a little amount of money, it was coming. Entrepreneurship, right. you don't know. You can take a lot of losses, you know? Mm-hmm. Take a lot of losses to learn. And 
speaking speaking on losses and, and gains and wins here, I want to yep. change gears and go into real estate. Um, yep. What what made you get involved? Well, kind of figured why you got involved in real estate, but what made you jump into real estate? Um, it was just another avenue to make some money and do some stuff. My dad's an engineer by trade, a civil engineer, and actually used to do like real estate stuff in Africa before he sold off a company to come here. Uh, but growing up, I, he always taught me to do stuff with his, with my hands. Like we've worked on projects and like flips like by hand and in my parents' house where I'm actually at right now on the bottom level, we actually built in like the wall, the wall and like the ceilings there. So it was a lot of stuff I was already used to like doing with my hands. It just eventually I pivoted over and it was me doing it myself um, and doing like with my company and some of my partners, et cetera. So getting into development deals, um, getting rentals both here and like internationally, like just dabbling on different stuff. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it well, I don't know if I can say it's fun for you, but, uh, (laughs) (laughs) you know, try to say, well, is this fun? But you've been doing it since you was a child, um, which is a great skill to have to do things with your hands. I think people forget about that these days. Everything is, you know, digital, digital, which computers and technology is great. You should know both. But if you can't fix minor things in your home, you're going to be in a roll of hurt because um, right. it's going to be very costly if you can't do it mm-hmm. yourself. So I think uh, still getting dirty is a, the way to go. You have to have both, um, especially in the world we go into with DeFi and all the all the Bitcoins and the NFTs and all this good stuff. Like you should That's know, right. you know, yeah. but you all should definitely be able to do simple things with, with your hands, you know, no. No, um, I, I think that's, again, I think that's really not appreciated as it should be. That's just my humble opinion. Um, and we both was at an event when we met, uh, dealing with children. Uh, how, and I, I, I was stocking your page a little bit. So I saw some things that you're dealing with children. What is it about you helping and encouraging the future? The biggest thing and the easiest time to help someone is when they're a child because it's before they get more like the older we get, like the more set we become in like a lot of different ways. But kids are so impressionable and malleable. Like I'm forgetting who the famous phrase is about, but it's like it's easier to heal a child than try to fix a broken man. And so it's like really like if we can get to them like early, we can change everything going after us. I feel like sometimes we forget succession planning and the fact of like however we deal with like the kids now is literally gonna have our future that's our future they are the future so we're not spending time investing in them showing them different things and like exposing them to different things like when will it happen so not trying not to get caught up too much and like we just have to do we have to do now it's like we have to make sure we're investing in the people that are coming behind us as well and so i think that's one of the biggest things like i have a i started a foundation um almost two years ago now and so primarily all, all I do through that is financial literacy and provide scholarships for kids. And so we've been putting kids through school here and in Africa for a while and stuff like that is like where I really see like a trickle down like impact. I personally don't have the time to like personally like mentor people like one-on-one like that outside of the few that I do have, but even partnering up with other organizations here that they have nothing but men, black men that do that. And so it's like, we all have our different strengths where we can come together just Stick to your lane, and like if we all have the vision of impacting the community, we all have something we can do to like help move that forward. Absolutely. What's the name of your organization? Um, the Karaya Family Foundation. Mm-hmm. Very nice. And for two years, you have been actually supplying uh, funds for children to go to school. Yep. That's pretty awesome, man. That's pretty awesome, brother. That's that's what it's all about: being able to give back and to do things and to like you say, really help the future because, um, you know, with the cost of school now, it's ridiculous. Um, and it's putting it, it's actually get to a point where it's out of reach for a lot of individuals who want to just do things, um, do the right thing as they say, uh, do what they supposed to do. 
Um, yeah. You know, which is usually the school path. But yeah. um, having more individuals being able to help uh, ease that cost, I think, is um, tremendous and needed uh, because, again, the cost is ridiculous. I remember when I was at Georgia State and how much it jumped up my senior year, I was like, wow. <laughs> it just was, it was went crazy. And this was yeah. back in, this was in 13. And I was just like, wow. So I can imagine the cost of it now compared to, and that was nine years ago now. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, if you're not getting scholarships, getting other assistance or uh, things of that nature, you're going to be in a world of hurt for sure. And people just don't know like what to do. Like I've definitely know and have seen people that like they school was the answer, right? Because they didn't know anything better, but then they didn't have that backing of like, all right, what do we need to do to make sure it's paid for? It's more so like, all right, I need to sacrifice and make sure I go to school because schools was going to open up opportunity. I don't care what it is. If you are, coming out at 21 and 22 and you have a hundred to 300 K in debt and a bachelor's degree, unless you're about to go to medical school or like law school or something like you're screwed. You're literally screwed because there's no job that's going to give you the kind of flexibility unless you, you might, you, you'd be a very, you'd be a statistical anomaly to be able to get a job that'll help you like pay that down fast. Like, mm-hmm. so I think that's one of the things of like really helping people to like see that and being mindful of like, Maybe going out of state because that's like your favorite school is great, but make sure that it's paid for because you do not want to be starting from that jumping point of you got 200K that you need to go pay back. Yeah, that's so true. Um, paying student loans back myself. Um, I think a lot of people I know, that's that's the thing. That's the, that what holds them back in a lot of areas because of that payment, you know, and the payments are ridiculous. It's yep. just, yeah, it is such a... Um, it's such a weight on people. So, yeah, again, you're right. And I think a lot of time, a lot of the youth, no one's, no one's telling them this. They just hear, go to school, go to school, go to school, go to school, go to school. But right. no one is saying, this is how you're going to pay for that. Um, yeah. And it's not, and you know, you may not have a, you have a killer jump shot or you may not be an athlete at all. And, um, you know, so you got to find other ways to pay for it. Because people always say, oh, go with the sports. No, don't do that. You know. Yeah, academics is the easiest. It's the easiest on because you don't have to spend time doing anything on your body. Like, I I had friends that, like, went to go play at different colleges, Ivy Leagues, whatever. But it's like, when you're doing that and you're also trying to balance school, but you have, like, 5 a.m. workouts and then 6 p.m. workouts, and then, like, you're trying to manage having a social life, and you're also still just developing and growing, it's a lot. When it's, like, if you just have academics, you just have to maintain a GPA. That's it. That's very true. You're in there to go to school anyway, so you're literally just now being paid to do what you're supposed to be doing. Exactly. That is so true. Um, I Before I let you go, before I let you get out of here, I definitely want to ask you what keeps you going because you do have a lot going on what motivates you what keeps you motivated i think it's just understanding that like life is just a big old game like more than anything else uh and i think it's something to be enjoyed not endured so if i ever feel like it's something i don't want to do like even with like this meeting if i didn't want to actually do this i just wouldn't do it like i have no problem saying no i have no problem canceling anything i have no problem not doing something it's just like you literally like get to enjoy and direct your life so like fill it with things that are like enjoyable things that you are like excited to do. Like whenever like events like that, that Rashad was helping put together, like I love stuff like that. Like I'll move around whatever I need to do so that I can be there. Then I get back to business and stuff like afterwards. So I think it's just really an understanding that it's my life to live and enjoy. So I just make sure that I spend time doing it. That is awesome. That is so true. Um, I think a lot of people are miserable because they don't say no. They just won't say no. It's very simple. <laughs> it's like, just, no, I don't. I don't want to. You know, they, I, most people are afraid to hurt others' feelings, but they put their feelings to side to the side for yeah. um, for the, for those other individuals. And it's just, it's not, it's not fair to yourself to always put right. your emotions and how you feel to the side. It just, it's yeah. just not because uh, yeah. you'll be. That's a rough life to live. It's true, and it's everyone's job is to guard their own emotions. Even though we'd be lying to say we don't, we haven't spent time like trying to guard other people's. But that's 
one of my favorite books, uh, Boundaries, t- literally just talks about that and how it's, like, it's literally like a proper like taking care of your own emotions. It's not your job to take care of anyone's emotions but your own because we're, we're generators. We're generators of our emotions. Like if you decided to get upset we were in person, you got up and slapped me. Like, okay, you hit me, but it's my choice to be upset by that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so really like that accountability piece of like you can't control anyone but yourself. And the second you start giving that up to anyone or like anything, like you're screwed because he who angers you controls you. That's so, that's so true. And it, I just actually watched the interview with Mike Tyson. And I think he was talking to a NFL player. I'm not sure. And they was talking about cutting people off. And the interval play forgiveness. I think I have saw that clip. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, and he was like, um, you know, he's quick. The NFL player was like, I'm quick to cut people off. You know, you do me wrong, that's it. And Mike Tyson's like, no, uh, uh-uh. uh, he if you do that, he wins. And he was like, what do you mean? He was like, because he changed you. You let him change you, so now he's your master. You have to master yourself. You have to master your own emotions. And I was like, wow, I never thought about it that way, you know? Yeah, I, I think it's, I got a little bit of cognitive dissonance with it. I, I agree. I think it's more so of like not allowing that person like access to you, but not changing who you are. Yeah. Because it does become a point of like, if you're dealing with narcissists or like sociopaths, psychopaths, whatever it may be, that's not something to just be like, well, you know, you should keep them around like anyways. But I get what you're saying. Like you literally have to forgive and understand and like also like, when people show you who they are, believe them. Yes. And that was a lesson that I had to be taught a few times in life before I really got it, and it clicked. And so, but I, yeah, but it's it's a it's a process of really understanding. Like, hey, look, like just because that person does that, that doesn't that doesn't mean you need to change who you are now. You think you can't be a nice person or do nice things for other people because of that? Like, you really need to stay true to who you are because people are going to stay true to who they are. Yes. So that is so true. And you're right. I had to learn that. Um... Yeah, it took me quite a few times to get get uh hit over the head with that one because again, especially when it's someone that you have a history, you have history with, that's more difficult because you think, oh well, I have known them forever. Maybe they're having a bad day, a bad week, a bad month, but no, that's that's who they are. That's how they feel, and they don't care enough about your emotions at that time. Uh, and probably didn't done it before. You just never paid it attention. Uh, but they don't care enough about your emotions or anything at the time. So you probably need to move on. You know, I hear a lot where people say, oh, I can't, it's hard for me to make new friends. And when they say that, I say, well, because you're holding on to all the wrong ones. Ooh, that's why. I like that one. I've never heard that one. I like yeah, that one. That's why. Yeah, you hold on to all the, all the wrong ones because it's not hard. <laughs> It's not hard. And, and I think this is one of the things, um, so one of my mentors who's my like math teacher, we talk about this like often. Like people, I don't think people really understand what true friendship really looks like. We have such a fleeting idea of it or like we only know how to be friends like when we're going through like good times rather than like really like having those true support groups of people that rock with you through everything that you get to lean on. It should never be a point of like, I like, ah, man, like, all right, I gotta, I gotta call Tate, man. I gotta call him. I call him because I need him. He doesn't answer. And now, like, I'm done. It means, like, you didn't have a good foundational group because that's codependency. That's the only person I can call. And because you don't answer, I'm done. It should be like, nah, I got five other people I can call. And they're going to fill him in later about whatever's going on. But it's like, you need a support group and, like, a team to, like, get you through life rather than feeling like, oh, it's just me and that one person. Like, other people don't go through life. Yeah, yeah, that's so that's so true, and, and and I think most people don't think of it that way because they feel like, well, I just have that one good friend, but what happens when that one good friend is going through what they go through? Then then what? You know what 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 do you do then? Who do you go talk to? Because we all we all need an outlet. I don't care who you are, you you have an outlet, um, and it's not just things like personally. I work out. I'm, I always tell my wife, I get up early and I, I'm up before the chickens get up. As they say, 3 a.m., I'm in a gym or somewhere, I'm doing what I need to do. But that sets my day. So that's my outlet. I, I always say I feel like the world is quiet because it's not a lot of noise, not a lot of people. The people who are in the gym, they're working out. They're not standing around chatting or talking. You know, so it's like you in your own thing, you in your own place. You, you, I have a chance to actually think 
you know? Yeah. Um, and Man, I, <laughs> that, that's the piece. I was just talking about that literally earlier today. Like, people literally do not chart out time just to think. Nope. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Their schedule, uh, meetings, hair appointments, uh, getting your, your, your car done or whatever. Uh, but they won't say, well, I'm going to from 5 to 6.30, I'm going to sit down and think. And I'm going to write. I'm just going to get it out. I'm going to cut off all devices so I don't have any distractions. You know, because we always distracted now in what we do. Yep. Like, things are always pinging and dinging and going off um, because of the world that we live in. And we set it up that way. It it, yep. it makes me laugh when people are like, oh, I'm, I'll have a chance to think so much be going on. I say, well, turn your alert your alerts off. Just turn them yep. all off. That's it. Turn them off. And you know that most people won't do that because they're so anxious. We have been programmed to always be available, but you never available to yourself. Mm. And that's that's, that's the far. biggest one. That's the biggest one because you're never available to yourself. You're available to everybody else. So you have to turn it off. And I tell people all the time, like, <clears throat> I, I will go ghost, personally. I go Man. ghost for two, three days. A week. It depends on what's going on. If I have things I need to work on, I'm going to work on them. And I may see that you reached out. You know, um, I still may say, you know, good, hit you back. But it may be a while because I have to get through what I'm getting through. Um, I can, you can't be accessible to everyone. And you shouldn't be. You know, that's not healthy. That's not healthy. That's not healthy right. at all. Um, and, and that's... that's and that's something that is not practiced in our society today because if it's not going to our watch it's in our ear it's in our pocket you know it's everywhere so that's something that I feel like uh, I I would wish that more of our schoolers my listeners would do this this year is to really have time to think schedule and it, it, may, it may just be 10 to 15 minutes in the beginning because it's hard. I know how it is. It's hard to really sketch out time for yourself. At least that's what people tell me. But go ahead and get that time and schedule it. Schedule it like it's an appointment that you can't miss. I tell people all the time, you schedule like an appointment that you can't miss and you have that time to think, write out your thoughts, no matter how crazy you may think that may be of what you're thinking. Write it out and get it out. And I promise you, your life will change. It will definitely change. Um, Because the people who have all the money and the power, they have time to think. Trust me. Yep. So one commodity you can never get more of, and you have to realize and value that. So like one of the things, uh, it's funny, I'll I'll tell a quick story about one of my friends, a great dude, really smart dude, ended up meeting a guy um, that works in politics because he was working in politics at the time. And so he was telling me that, you know, they meet and they exchange information, but he reached out and the guy didn't reach out and he was really angry about it. And so I was telling him, I was like, I was like, look, you've got to understand the free lunch model doesn't work. Right. Especially when you're dealing with certain calibers of people. Yes. Because the time that you're looking at, I mean, this is before COVID. So it's like the hour it takes to drive there because of traffic, the two hours that you want them to spend there talking with you and the hour to leave. It's four hours and you have to think about how people's time is valued and time can be valued. People say, oh, like my time doesn't have a price. What's the most your time is paid for? That is the price of it. Like, mm-hmm. Otherwise you wouldn't clock in to work. Like, cause you don't have a value or a price to it. So if someone that's operating in that kind of capacity is probably 500 to $1,000 an hour. So yep. that's $4,000 of sacrifice that you're asking for. In which case the caveat that like you can do to like get that right and saying like, I'd love to sit down and pick your brain. How can I help you? Yep. How can I help you? Five simple things you can ask. It completely changes the narrative of why someone would be willing to sit down with you and give you their most valuable resource, which is time. Absolutely. That is so true. Um, and it, I, well, I have a story. I always have a story as, as, my, um, as my friends would always say. Uh, but... Same thing. Last year, I was trying to um, expand what I do here. And someone who I know they know what they're talking about because they have receipts of what they do. And we play ball together and grow up together, everything. So I was like, yo, I want to sit down with you. Uh, How may I help you? And if need be, I will pay you for that time. And it was so crazy to me that he was offended. 
that I offered that. Cause he was like, "What? Like I know you. Like you're you're my guy. Like what are you talking?" I was like, "No, no, no," because the time that you're spending with me, and I'm going to ask a lot of questions. I know me. I'm going to bring the notepad. I, I'm going to really. Di- I want to know. You could be doing other things, and I know you could. I know you could be doing something else because you're you're busy like I am. So. Yeah. I know a $100 dinner, lunch, or whatever, it's not going to pay for it, okay? So if you want to invoice me, I will pay for that. And it just, he he couldn't, blew his mind. Because he was like, you serious? I was like, yeah. Because I don't want, for me, I never want someone to say, I sat down with him, got the knowledge, Use the knowledge, maybe done a little bit better than they did in that space, and they bring that back up. Because I know ne- I don't know, maybe I'm weird, but I never want somebody to be like, Oh, well, you know, um, if it wasn't for me, <laughs> you wouldn't be doing what you're doing. You know. And it's like, well, no, because I had to execute. You maybe open the door. And my experience still was going to be different because it's my experience. Like, you can tell me all you know about real estate development. Everything. But I go out there and I do it. It's still going to be different because it's my experience. I'm not going to have the same experiences as you. I don't care. Not the same resources, the access, or the time. So it's like we all walk our own journey and path. But I, I feel you on, like, just the respecting, the respecting as, aspect of, like, people's time. Because you would want someone to do the same if you know that high quality information that you're going to come and like bring, like there are always different things you can do and there's always a trade off and a price. So it's that, or it's like you can barter service or you can barter with money. Like exactly. one of the two things. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But you should never just ask someone, let me pick your brain and expect them to be like, Oh yeah, sure. Let's do it. I can't wait. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I, I find that funny because I, you, you probably really laugh really hard at some of the DMS that I had. So I had a couple um, post on TikTok go viral, and so had an influx of maybe like an maybe a million plus people that have never seen like my content and stuff before. And it was my IG was linked in there. In my IG, I already get like a lot of people that message me, but now I have this huge influx of so many messages. And a lot of the messages, people would even like DM the number and be like, "Hey, like I think we would be like great friends, and like I could just learn so much from you. So like, can we do this?" Just like. No, like, why would I? <laughs> yeah. Like, how is that benefiting me? Like, I've made sure that I set up my life in a way that I have all those things. Like, I was like, you can set up a consultation, and maybe after that we can discuss and see if, like, I don't even know what you like to do, or if, like, we do some of the same things. And I was just like, well, like, all right, well, you seem like you got a lot of great stuff going on. We should be friends. Like, yeah. People are people are very um, fascinating. To yes. It's yeah. Exactly. Yeah, we we in a space now again. Access, everyone Ac- yeah, feel- accessibility because they're like I can send a message and like you'll see it, you'll open it, so it's like something else. Like yeah, that yeah, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Everybody, everybody feel like everybody is touchable. Um, that's why you see these things about these celebrities responding to messages and people that they say the most vulgar things to these celebrities. Get wanting a response and then a celebrity response and then they go viral. It's like <laughs> it's, a, it's 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 a it's a clout game that is is exhausting. I, I I will say the least because maybe because uh I, I'm I'm that old man get off my 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 grass maybe but yeah. I came up in a time I'm split so I remember actually going up and talking to people shaking hands getting numbers, writing them down, and going from there. And then we have this world where I could just shoot you a DM, send you my number, send you my LinkedIn, uh, my link tree, and all that stuff, and be like, okay, so hit me up. You know, so it's 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 very it's very different. And I tightrope with, with, uh, between both worlds because I I still feel like actually forming relationships uh organically it's better than me just hitting you in your box and just like, yo, what what we get, well, let's make some moves because that's not how it works. Because I'm not gonna work with you, especially when it comes to business, if I can't trust you. Like that's yeah. not that's not happening. I don't care how how great your life look, if I can't trust you, 
I can't yeah. work with I it's it's, it's impossible. Yeah. So I, I I don't yeah, we live in a we live in very a very funny time. I say that. Very, <laughs> very funny time. You know, um the D same thing with the DMs. Yo, let me get a workout. What? <laughs> let me you get yo, yeah, I'm trying to get ready for this wedding. I'm trying to get ready for this reunion. Uh, my doctor said I have high blood pressure. Let me get a, huh? So you website, like you, you click the website. Yeah. And fill out them. And then you, yeah, we work like I'm confused, but that's, that's what we are. And then when you don't respond, I respond the way that they think you should. Oh, they drag you. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. I really need to figure out who had gave out my number because I had a young lady basically harassing me because she wanted to date me and uh, I had never knew her. She didn't tell me who he was. A random number texting me at almost 12 o'clock at night asking me like, are you open to dating like exclusively? Like, are you available? Do you have siblings? Like, and so I was really just like, like, who is this? Yeah. Like, oh, like we, we run around some of the same social circles, but like, I was always afraid to like talk to you. But, like, that doesn't help me. I was like, look, like, I, I appreciate it, but like I, I'm, I'm not interested. And they just were pissed about it, and really, um, were telling me uh, about myself. Apparently, mm-hmm. but it's just like it's like you shouldn't even have that access. And I need to figure out who gave you my number without my consent. That's an issue in itself as well, because I never give out people's number unless I've literally asked and said like, "Hey, is it okay to pass along your number to this person, et cetera, et cetera?" Because like that's my personal line too. So yeah, mm-hmm. and that accessibility piece uh, is something. Yes, it is, and and. Now, really, the goal, the most priceless thing is uh, is getting up there with time and everything else is privacy. Mm, yep. Yeah, people people forgot about that one. Yeah, that yeah. <laughs> they, they they forgot about that one. Um, privacy is so. Uh, Oh my gosh, it's so important. It's so special. And I never thought I'd be saying that, but it to not have your business everywhere is a game changer. Figure it out. You can put it together. You can hey, you can whatever. That's fine. But not really knowing, I think is is precious. And I think that especially entrepreneurs, we need to make sure that we still have that little piece. Like, you don't know my personal life. I don't post my personal life. Yeah, you may see a picture of my wife. Yeah. You know, it's doing something. But, like, where we go all the time, you seeing stuff from years ago. <laughs> but we making it seem like we just went there. Like, you, you don't see what's really going on. And I think most people need to start practicing that. Uh, I remember a friend of mine, I had to tell her one time, uh, single. Well, she's not single anymore, but she was single, and she had post like her traveling, and I'm like, you gotta stop. People are, they will find you. Yep. They yeah, they will. They go rob your house. One of the two. Exactly. Right there. Yeah. Exactly. They will. People will touch you when you don't want to be touched. I just put it that way. So you have to make sure that you keep that privacy. Um. Uh, have that line for work. Your personal phone, separate the two, uh, get a Google number, whatever. But you have to have some sense of privacy just to keep your sanity. Because, again, everybody feel like they can talk to you. I don't care who you are. Right. I don't I don't I don't care that you are are trying to save the world. Uh, I don't you, you. You're just like me. I have an idea. You need to hear it. That's it. <laughs> that's, that's, that's it. You need to hear. It. I, I don't. I don't care what you say. You're gonna. You're gonna sit down and talk to me. And um, I just think that yeah. Again, this we live in a very different time, man. Um, uh, I the ask what's next. I don't. You don't have to go down the line with everything. But what is next for you? <laughs> uh, I think there's really like expanding and like growing and like different things because like i've now started dabbling in other industries like i have an equity stake doing stuff in tech um a film producer now and on top of all this other stuff i actually want to get back to teaching as well later i actually really love 
teaching at Georgia State, uh, but really just continuing to live a fulfilling life and doing more with less. I think when I was younger, I had I was much more so like, all right, numbers, KPIs, and this that and there, and like you do it, you make the money, and you see it, then you realize like I'd I'd much rather like spend time with my family. Of course, I'm gonna automate this and like have this going so like it can do everything else I need to do. Like I'm looking forward like after you know we finish up, I'm gonna get to see my nephews and go hang out with them for a bit, then go have dinner with my family, and then go um, celebrate one of my friends who just got a job. So it's like stuff like that. Where it's like that's really where it comes from. I can go play basketball in the morning tomorrow. Like that's more so like what stuff comes from. So just living a more healthy, holistic life. That That's literally it. <laughs> that's amazing, man. I want to thank you for your time. And could you tell the people how to contact you for uh, consultations? Nothing else for consultations. Not just playing with <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you uh, if you find me on IG, uh, my my personal IG is my name Philip P H I L L I P dot K A R A Y A or at Finance with Phil. Both of them have a link tree bio in there. You can easily click it and hop right on my calendar, real simple and easy. You can also see some stuff that we do with the U.S. Africa Chamber of Commerce um, and a couple other things there. But yeah, that's an easy way that you can go there. If you have a simple question, and you know what? If you have a really good direct question. And you DM me, I, I normally read them, but I'm much more so prefer very direct, specific questions. And how do I make money? I don't have anything to tell you with that. But I can tell the difference when someone's really put in work and said, like, all right, I'm struggling with this, this, this. And my credit's not moving because of, like, this is what's going on. Oh, I can tell you that in a second because I look at stuff like that all day. So I'm more than happy to answer a simple question that's direct. Um, feel free to shoot it on that schedule consultation or check out the free content because I post a lot of great free content. Yes, you do. I must say, but I, um, I actually enjoy following your page, and I don't really uh, follow too too many people. Um, yeah. At least I don't look at people's stuff. To be honest, <laughs> I, just, I just I just post my stuff and get off. Uh, but um, unless it's a joke or something. Uh, yeah. but, uh, your stuff is very entertaining and very informative, man. I like to say, uh, I feel like, uh, you, uh, I haven't known you long, but I feel like you're a good brother. You're positive. You really making a change. You put an action behind words and that's definitely is, uh, again, that's, that's different. A breath of fresh air. Cause you know, we in Atlanta and everybody entrepreneur Everybody got a hustle. So I have heard so much, so many times. It is just like, oh, come on, spare me. But uh, when you meet people who actually put action right at words, only and people will only understand if they be up here. They know. Yeah. We all know because we here. Everybody, everybody a boss, right? Everybody, a, you know, but is everybody's a boss that it's time to do boss things. You know, so um, I just really appreciate that, man. I appreciate you. And thank you for sitting down with us, man. Um, this is great. I'm looking forward to uh, many, many more conversations with you. And I wish you all the best, brother. Thank you so much, brother. It was an absolute pleasure. <laughs> <laughs>